Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in all 50 United States and territories of the United States of America, I want to welcome you here today and to all of our listeners in every other country on the globe, everywhere, no matter where you are. We're honored to have you. Welcome every one of you to Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina, we're coming to you from WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400. Those are on your AM dial. On your FM dial, you can tune in to WBXB 100.1. You'll find us there. You can also listen to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com Christian Broadcasting Company, all one word. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast or segment in the Marriage and Family uh, Clinic series, you can always find the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. That's right, simply search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeart, and Spotify. And those of you who have those smart devices, Find us there. Find that purple podcast player icon. Click on that and search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll come up with Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic, as always, is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage, and your family relationships. You know, I I just want to unpack that very, very briefly. We say that Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you find out what makes you tick in your relationships, be that family or marriage. Maybe it's with your siblings, maybe it's with your parents, or whatever the case may be. I really want to offer you some tools and offer you some guidance, give you some solid knowledge and wisdom that will help you tap into your motivations because you're doing things. The things that you're doing, whether they're working for you or whether they're not working for you, you're not doing these things for nothing. You have ways about you. Your personality is formed in a way. Your psyche is formed in a way. Something is going on with you. And oftentimes, some of these processes, some of these thought patterns, they don't serve us well simply because we don't understand what's pushing us. And so when I say the Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you identify what makes you tick, that's what I'm talking about. I want to provide you some some knowledge, some wisdom. I want to give you something to take back to your psyche, take back to your thought processes, take back to your motivations, your feeling, your thinking, and your doing. Apply these. Apply these to those areas of your lives, and I guarantee you it will help you tap into some things that's going on in you. And when you tap into those things, you can better understand how to help yourself. When you tap into those things, you can better understand how to enlist the help of someone else to help you help yourself. And that's where you grow, that's where you repair, and that's where you even go on to perfect your marriage and your family relationship. So I just want to throw that out there. I just wanted to throw that out there. All right, let's get into this particular segment. Uh, now, you know, because I'm into all things to do with marriage and family, I subscribe to several outlets to uh, multiple platforms that produce and sponsor marriage and family materials and various types of helps. Uh, uh, some of these are, are uh, avenues and venues such as Focus on the Family, 
uh, I like to focus on the family 98% of the time. And uh, I also subscribe to the American Association of Christian Counselors. And I subscribe to Jim Evans' Marriage Today. Uh, these are some wonderful platforms. Let me tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. I said I agree with uh, Focus on the Family 98% of the time. Well, shoot, you don't agree with nobody 100% of the time. If you agree with somebody 100% of the time, somebody's not being whom God called them to be. And disagreeing on small points does not make us totally disagreeable. And nobody has to fall out with the other. You know, sometimes we just have different preferences. One person may like chocolate cake. Another person may like cheese, may like cheesecake, excuse me. Doesn't mean that they're enemies or, or opposites or, or or the opposition or anything like that. They just have a different preference. That's all. And that's what I'm saying there when I say I agree with them 98% of the time. But I'm telling you, focus on the family, the American Association of Christian Counselors, and Jim Evans' marriage today. Um, those are some really great venues, really tremendously solid, Bible-based, word-based, scripturally sound venues. And uh, if you're in ministry or if you're in counseling or if you believe yourself to be a wannabe, a Christian counselor, or if you're involved in anything else that deals with serving the needs of marriages and families, uh, if you're involved in anything like that, then you should do yourself a favor and lock into one or all of these venues. You're going to be so glad that you did. Again, just for knowledge's sake, that's Focus on the Family, the American Association of Christian Counselors, and Jim Evans' Marriage Today. Uh, and I'm going to come from Jim Evans' Marriage Today uh, in this particular episode. And uh, oftentimes, Jim Evans' Marriage Today will come with videos, it comes with articles, uh, and other presentations right there in the email. And the email comes daily or every other day or something like that, multiple times a week. Uh, those those uh, informational em emails will come and they will have links to other programs, materials such as books, etc., etc. It's just a worthwhile venue. Well, a few days ago, I received my usual email from Marriage Today and the subject was lifelong passion and intimacy. Whoa, lifelong passion and intimacy. And that's what I'm going to talk to you today about. Lifelong passion and intimacy. When I saw that subject, I got excited. When I saw that subject, I got motivated. I got pumped up. I got lifted uh, because I, I just happened to begin to think about and recall how over the last few weeks we've talked about the high divorce rate. We've talked about why we divorce. We talked about how to shore up your marriage. We've talked about all things, uh, several things to do with marriage and in one form or another. But then I looked around in the email and saw this particular subject. Oh my goodness, it's right on time. And I could not pass up the opportunity. I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk to you about it. Uh, uh, and even though this particular subject matter and, and uh, uh, most of the material I'm going to talk about right now, it may not be mine originally. I'm giving the credit to Jim Evans' marriage today now. I'm giving the credit to Jim Evans' marriage today now. But I just want to talk to you about it. I'm going to adapt it to my style. I'm going to adapt it to uh, my personality. But I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you today about building lifelong passion and intimacy. 
lifelong passion and intimacy. And when you think about that subject, who among us has not asked the question, how do I be a long lasting, if not lifelong lasting passion and intimacy? If you've ever found your marriage losing some of the passion it once had, you're not alone. So don't feel like some kind of a misfit. Don't feel like that uh, uh, you're strange or you're odd. Don't feel like you don't have a good marriage because you find yourself losing passion or losing intimacy. Now, if you've only been married two, three or four years and you're talking about losing passion and intimacy, you need to get that third party in there because you're headed for some serious issues. You are headed for some serious issues. Usually we hit this point somewhere around year 15, maybe upwards of year 10, somewhere between years 10 and 20. We start going through what I hope, what I pray is a phase. And I'll probably say that again. What I hope to be only a phase, we'll start going through it. But I've got a tool here that if you build on this from the beginning of the marriage and keep on building on it throughout the marriage, you probably you can probably build long lasting, lifelong passion and intimacy. So don't feel like you're some kind of misfit or you don't have it all together. You don't have a good marriage because you're losing passion or intimacy. Everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through it. I mean, shucks. We're dealing with so much in life. Life throws so many curveballs. I mean, just, just over the last year and a half, we've dealt with COVID. And probably everybody listening to me now has lost a loved one or knows someone who has lost a loved one to COVID. <coughs> These things throw us for a loop. They throw us, they take us through changes. And all of the changes that life throws at us, it can affect our level of passion and intimacy in our marriage. But we want to deal with that. I want to deal with that right now. So Jim Evans talks about four core beliefs that a couple should have, they must have, in order to build a lifelong foundation for passion and sexual intimacy in their marriage. Four core beliefs. Four, count them, one, two, three, four. Core beliefs that a couple must have in order to build a lifelong foundation for passion and sexual intimacy. Now, understand this also. When we say core, and I just want to share this with you, my working definition. When we say core beliefs, we're talking about the most basic foundational beliefs you have, or beliefs that you can have. Core beliefs refers to what you believe when you are sure, when, when you're not sure of anything that you believe, but you come up on those few things that you do believe, those are core beliefs. <laughs> those are your core beliefs. When it comes to the essence of what you think and believe about anything, any agency, any, just anything, those are your core beliefs. So when we're talking about the uh, core beliefs, <coughs> excuse me, when we're talking about the core beliefs, that you must have to build a lifelong, uh, to build lifelong passion and intimacy in your marriage. We're talking about whatever it is about marriage that you believe. When you pull back the layers of the onion, these four beliefs are at the core. That's what we're saying. And this thing is simple enough today. It's simple enough today because it comes to us in the form of the acronym TRUE. Now, who can't who can remember that? Remain true to yourself. Be true to your marriage. Be true to your vows. Be true to your purpose. Be true to your mission. The acronym TRUE covers the four, 
the four core uh, uh, beliefs that's required to build lifelong passion and intimacy. So just remember true. Let's go through this real quickly. True, the T. T, the Bible is true and authoritative in my life and my marriage. Now, you know good and well this is a Christian program. Where else am I going to start? But God being the authority. What God says being the authority. God is the originator, the author, the institutor of marriage. And he laid out the paradigms, the form, the fashion, the manner in which we were to be married in his word. And so the Bible must be the most authoritative, the first, the middle, and the last authoritative word that we receive in all matters pertaining to life. And when we look around our country, especially the United States of America, and some countries in the world don't even believe in the Bible, but when we look in the United States of America alone, the Bible is under attack. People are questioning the Bible daily. I've even heard those ladies on The View describe the Bible as an outdated, antiquated book of stories, something similar to that. Guess who's going to, well, <laughs> never mind, let me stop that. But the Bible is under attack and people are questioning the Bible every single day. Why is that? Why is that? I'm going to tell you why that is. The Bible is under attack. Because there is a spiritual enemy who has marshaled forces against you, against me, in order to take us out so that we would not believe God, so that we will not trust God and enjoy fellowship and communion with God. And one of the first and foremost ways that he does that is he gets us to doubt the authority of the Bible. And we look all the way back in Genesis 3. That serpent asked Eve, did God really say that? Is that what he really meant? And how many times have you and I asked ourselves the question, is that what God really means? Did God really say that? You better be careful whose energy is influencing you. You better be careful whose energy is influencing you. So if the devil can get us to doubt the Bible, if the devil can get us to doubt the word of God, he can come between your wife and you. He can come between your husband and you. And so the devil's first priority is to convince you that God's word cannot be trusted. And let me tell you something. If there's one thing you can trust in this world, it is God's word. You can trust God's word. God is faithful to his word. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. God cannot lie. Sometimes we say God will not lie. God cannot lie. It is spiritually impossible. It is literally impossible for God to lie. And just think what, world, what the world would be like, what marriage would be like, what family would be like had Adam and Eve simply obeyed God and not listened to the serpent. They would still be living right now in the Garden of Eden, perfect harmony. But when they decided to turn away from God's word, that's when things went to the, you know what I'm saying. And listen, let me tell you something. You ought to look at your marriage. Gauge and evaluate your marriage when both of you are doing the word of God versus those times when you're not doing the word of God. And tell me something that's going on in your marriage that the word of God does not provide an answer to. Oh, it provides the wisdom. It may not be, it may not be word for word 
Joe and Mary, this is what you do when you experience that. Oh, but the wisdom of the word of God provides the answer and the anecdote to everything that haunts you in your marriage. And believe me when I tell you that everyone has sexual issues from time to time at some point or another. Everyone has issues. But believing God's word is true is the answer. And even in the midst of sexual uh, issues, still believe God's word. Hold on to God's word. Hold on to God's word. God's word, again, is the first and foremost authority in all things pertaining to living. That's the T in the acronym TRUE. That's the T. The R, reality. Somebody say reality. I heard you there. Reality is much different than what we see in our culture. Our culture does not deal in reality. You know, I am so tired of every time I turn on the Internet to look at the news. Every day I watch the news. Uh, I look at the uh, news and catch up at MSN. Uh, yeah, MSN.com. And every day I see something about the Kardashians and their bodies. But then when people talk about the Kardashians and their bodies and say something negative, then they go to begging for time and begging for patience and begging for understanding and crying because they don't want you shaming their bodies. But they put them on the Internet every single day. And it's nothing to do with reality. So what we see in movies and televisions and in commercials and magazines, social media, Victoria's Secrets, uh, 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 Playboy, anything else. That stuff has glamorized sexual immorality. That stuff has glamorized fornication. Even your boy Tyler Perry glamorized fornication. And I know that hit somebody. You're not going to like it, but it's true anyhow. And this is what the world does. They glamorize fornication. They glamorize sexual immorality. And what they don't do, they'll show you a man and a woman meeting in a club and rushing home to have sex. Rushing to somebody's house or hotel room. They'll show you all this hot, steamy sex on the table or in the back room. They can't even wait till they get to a hotel room or whatever the case may be. They show you that fun part. They show you that nice part. But they don't show you the aftermath. They don't show you the broken hearts. They don't show you the disease. They don't show you the lives that are jacked up from now until Sunday. And so you're missing out on the real thing when you judge your sex life and your love life after anything you see in the media and television shows and movies. You're missing the real thing. And some of us feel like we're missing out on the real thing because our love life, our sex life does not resemble what we see in the movies. No, it's the movies and television that are not based on the real thing. Nobody wakes up in the morning rolling over getting a hot steamy kiss. Your breath is too bad. And unfortunately, some of us think that everybody is having better sex than we are. But you're not seeing reality. Oh, you've got to turn to reality. You have to turn to reality. And like I've said over the last couple of weeks, don't judge your marriage by anybody else's. And certainly do not judge your marriage, your love life, your passion, your level of passion. Do not judge it by anything you see in the media, television, movies, the internet, social media. Just don't do it. That is not reality. It's not reality. 
You make your love life what you want it to be. You make your sex life what you want it to be. Build on the right foundation. And I'm going to give you a couple other clues here that's going to help you. So that's the R. The T is the Bible. R is reality. You. You in the acronym true. You. Unmet needs open the door for the devil to attack our marriages. Unmet needs open the door for the devil to attack our marriages. You know, one of my uh, guiding principles for marriage is I get my needs met when I meet my spouse's needs. I get my needs met when I meet my spouse's needs. You want your needs met? Then meet your spouse's needs. When we get married, according to the Bible, when we get married, we give our bodies to our spouses. My body belongs to my wife. Her body belongs to me. So says the scripture. But let me tell you something. When you start withholding sex from each other, when you start withholding physical affection, when you start taking it away as a form of punishment, you've been bad, so you're not going to get any sex tonight. Or you didn't do what I wanted you to do, so I'm going to withhold it from you. Or you didn't go where I wanted you to go, didn't do it on the time that I wanted you to. When you start withholding sex as a form of punishment because your husband or your wife didn't do something the way that you wanted them to do it, then you are no longer focused on meeting and serving your spouse's need. You have turned the spotlight on yourself. You have made it all about yourself. And in doing so, you open up the door to temptation in your marriage. You cannot withhold food from a person for two or three days at a time and then get upset because they get hungry. I didn't say go out and get nothing to eat. I just said get hungry. And I, I expressly said that that way so you don't think that I'm giving some kind of uh, uh, caveat for people to go out and commit adultery because they're not getting sex at home. God forbid. Absolutely not. But at any rate, both the husband and the wife contribute to 99.99% of the problems in a marriage. And when you start withholding sexual favor from each other, you open the door to temptation. You open the door to satanic attack. You open the door to spiritual attack. That's exactly what you do. You belong to each other. And let me tell you something. You can meet each other's needs outside of sex. When you meet each other's uh, uh, the needs in other areas of the marriage, it makes it easier for the sex to happen. If you meet each other's communication needs, each other's uh, 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 time needs, when you meet each other's affection needs, when you meet each other's security needs, when you meet each other's esteem needs, when you meet needs in other places in the marriage, it facilitates the sexual need. It makes the sex easier. And even when you're having sex, it ought not always be one person's way. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I've done a session on sex in marriage and family clinic in a long time. But when you're having sex, neither the husband or the wife should get their way in sex 99% of the time. 
You've got, to, you've got to even that out some. You've got to work that. You've got to work 50-50, 60-40, definitely no more than 70-30. You're getting in a dangerous area when you go 70-30. But somewhere between 50-50, 49-51, 48-52, somewhere around there. But no one person should have their way most of the time during sex. When it is, when it is one person's way all the time, then what you're saying is that we're serving that one person's needs. We're meeting that one person's needs. So you got to be careful there. Unmet needs open the door for the devil to attack our marriages. And of course, above all, I'm talking about the needs in sex, but I'm talking about needs in other areas of the marriage also. Because when you're not meeting needs in other areas of the marriage, it's going to show up in a, uh, uh, a loss of interest in sex. If you're always late or if you're always mouthing or if you're always nagging or if you're always abusive or if you're always talking down or if you don't validate, etc., etc., if you don't do all of those things outside of the bed, then you're going to start losing interest in the bed. Unmet needs open the door for the devil to attack our marriages. Believe you me. That was the T, the R, and the U. All right, let's knock the E out real quick in our acronym for truth. On our way to building lifelong passion and intimacy. E, each of us has what the other needs. Each of us has what the other needs. Wow. God created us for relationship. The Bible says that God looked around and at all the animals, but then when he looked at Adam, he didn't have anybody to help him, and he made woman to help me. Because Adam could not meet all of his needs. Adam did not have all of his needs met by himself, even though he was talking to God every day. How in the world do you talk to God every day and not have all of your needs met? Wow. No one of us, no one of us, not a one of us can meet our own needs. We can't do it. I cannot meet my own needs. My wife cannot meet her own needs. Husband, you cannot meet your own needs. Wife, you cannot meet your own needs. That's why God gave us marriage to help us receive our, 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 our needs as met. He gave us marriage so that we could have our needs met. If we could meet our own needs, we wouldn't need marriage. We wouldn't have gotten marriage. And let me tell you something, a marriage that flourishes, a marriage that grows, a marriage that prospers, a marriage that is fulfilled and fulfilling is the marriage where a husband and a wife are serving each other. And I don't know about you, but that's the way that I want to be married. I love serving my wife. Serving my wife is the best way, the most sure way, the soundest way to get my needs met. Look, here's what I'm trying to tell you. God's design. Here's God's design. The best marriages occur when two servants are sacrificially loving each other. That's the best marriage. The best marriage. It's not the one where there's good communication. Oh, that's a part of it. It's not the one where all of these other things, we compromise. I don't even like the word compromise. The best marriage the most fulfilling marriage is the marriage in which two servants 
are sacrificially loving each other. Each learns and knows what the other needs. Each works to meet the other's needs. The husband works to meet the wife's needs. The wife works to meet the husband's needs. Each put the other interests first. I'm going to serve you before being served because when I serve you, that ensures that I get served. They give and 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 they give to each other. And understand this, sexual intimacy is one of God's greatest gifts to us. Sex is a gift from God. And uh, a lot of people get married for that reason. But passion and intimacy, passion and intimacy, they begin with a true foundation. Our acronym for true. Our acronym for true. I want you to remember it. T, the Bible is true and authoritative. R, reality is different than what you see in the media, in the pop culture. You, unmet needs open the door for the devil to attack our marriages. E, each of us has what the other needs. Listen, my brothers, my sisters, wherever you're listening to me from, wherever you are, understand this. If you put this to work in your marriage, you're going to be well on your way, well on your way to building lifelong, deep passion and intimacy. Oh, it's not going to run out. It's not going to run out. I don't know about you, but I plan on holding my wife's hand and touching her. Ooh, um, excuse me. I almost got carried away there. But I plan on doing a lot of stuff for a lot more years to come. And I'm trying to do some things now to ensure that that flame remains lit. I want that flame to remain lit. All right, listen, I got to get out of here. I'm about over time here, but this is Marriage and Family Clinic. If you want to hear this again, remember, you can search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Search that. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com if you want to hear more from wasting time whatever the case may be communicate with me i got to get out of here i'm about over time but listen always remember you can't have peace unless you surrender your life to the prince of peace god bless you we're out